0: Hello friends, I'm Luke and I serve on the music team at Holy Family. We continue to hear stories from people like you who listen to the Holy Family podcast and consider Holy Family your church. And whether you're someone who's constantly on the go, hasn't found a church community where you live to which you can belong, or someone who's wondering about the shape of your faith, we are honored to be with you by sharing these reflections from our Sunday liturgies. We rely on the generosity of our congregation, which includes you wherever you listen, to help our ministry achieve and maintain financial health. If this podcast has been a gift to you, would you consider making a contribution so that we can continue offering resources that welcome questions, curiosities, and doubts? You can make a gift by following the link in our show notes. That's at holyfamilyhtx.org.
1: a little throat clearing before the actual sermon. One, are y'all like celebrating the Astros win last night? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Excellent. Love that. Um, Right. Come on. I see that hand. Um, uh, Two, if you're thinking, was he wearing green earlier? Yeah, I sure was. And I got about halfway through the song and I thought, oh, wait, it's All Saints Day. It's like, well, I'm already in green. And then I thought, no, we're not a fussy place. Forget it. So I just went and changed. So welcome. Let's pray. Oh God, open us up. Open our eyes so that we can see and open our ears so that we can hear. Open our hearts to receive whatever it is that you want to take out of your heart and place deep within ours. And then, oh God, open our hands so that we can serve. And may I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today is All Saints Sunday. It's a Sunday where we hold space with one another to remember those who have died. It's a Sunday where we remember and hold on to resurrection hope. And it's also a day that gives us the opportunity to think about our own lives. And frankly, how short life tends to be, particularly the older you get. We begin to even wonder about our own legacy which is to say, this is really the Sunday when we consider one line from the Nicene Creed. It says, we believe in one church. Now, in some ways, this is a really odd, bizarre claim for the creed to make, really, one church? There's so many different Christian communities. But All Saints Sunday is the day where you stop thinking about it from our perspective and you begin thinking about it from God's perspective. From God's perspective, how many families does God have? There's only one. God has one family, one human family. And it's made up of people on earth, but also in heaven. Have you ever noticed if you come here regularly when we pray the communion prayer, we kick it off by saying, we're gonna join in with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven which is a way of saying what we do at 10.30 on Sundays, we're just joining in with what's always happening in heaven. On God's side of the veil, I don't really know what's going on there. And I think any preacher who tells you they do, uh, they're they're just, they're misguided. We don't really know. And yet... The impressions that we have is that all of God's people on that side of the veil are worshiping God, enjoying communion with God, and enjoying a communion with one another. And when we celebrate communion here, we're actually syncing up with what's going on on the other side of the veil. So perhaps today you have come to All Saints Sunday thinking about many of the people who you have loved, or perhaps quarreled with, that have gone on before you in death. Now, depending on how you grew up, you may have a different kind of visceral response to All Saints. If you grew up in a particular kind of church, you say, oh great, All Saints, one of my favorites. Great." However, you might have grown up in a different kind of church where you've said, "Who oh, saints, that feels like other people. Uh, <laughs> I'm certainly not a saint, and these saints must be sinless, right? But that's not really the deepest understanding of the church. The deepest understanding of the church is that, you know, Jesus Christ is the only one who fits the sinless bill. Jesus Christ is without sin, and all the rest of us are not. But saint is not just a made-up tradition word. It's actually an old Bible word. Some translations translate the word saint as holy ones. And so many of the letters that are in the New Testament, like the one we read today, kick off with something like, to all of the saints in—and then it'll name a city—to all of the saints in Houston— But it's just the word, saint, to all of the saints at Holy Family. Hello, saints. Very simply, saints are people who are friends of God. It doesn't mean that they're sinless in any way, stretch or form. It simply means that you are a friend of God. And there's this weird thing that sometimes happens in some American Christian churches where they uh, foreground this other word instead, disciple. Have ever been to a church that foregrounds the disciple language and it's disciple this, disciple that, and we need to do discipleship? Um, I don't not get that, but it's actually not the preferred way that the New Testament talks about who we are. Disciple only shows up in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, and it seems to just describe the people who are closest to the action early on. But not once does it ever show up again in the New Testament. In all of the letters, we are never described as disciples or just simply learners about who God is. We are called saints. And what's kind of amazing about that is if you go on to read some of these letters that kicks it off by saying to all of the saints at Ephesus or to all of the saints in Corinth, pretty much the rest of the letter is giving you evidence for why they're not really good saints at all. It goes on this long list of things that's like, can y'all? Pl- I can't believe that I had to like say this out loud, but here I go. And he gives this long list of reasons of how they're not yet living into their full humanity, their full resurrection life. And so instead of holding these in opposition to one another, I want to hold them in an opposable tension. Yes, we all participate in the forms of evil and sin and death. And yes, we are all called to be saints. It's just not a hard either or, it's not a hard binary. It's kind of all of us. There are times where we continue to participate in the ways that dehumanize ourselves and others. And yet, when the Bible addresses us, it addresses us as saints. So that is who you are, that is who I am, that is who we are, a mix of saints and sinners. All of us befriended by God. Now, when you came in, you saw a little table in the back of the room, and folks from the community have come and shared icons or images or tokens that remind them of a loved one who has gone on before us. You might not have brought something physical or tangible, but I know that many of you brought someone in your heart today. And you'll have an opportunity at the prayers of the people. We'll hold some space with one another to say their names out loud as a way to thank God for blessing us with their presence. And we remember them for who they truly are in God. Saints. People who enjoyed the friendship of God people who showed us what it means to be a friend of God, who shows us what it means to be loved deeply by God, who showed us that, of course, we're not sinless. We hold together this range of saint and sinner all at once. And the more like a saint we become, weirdly, the more human we become. That's new learning for me. I'll be honest with you, in the kind of religious Christian tradition that I was brought up in, I kind of always assumed that my humanity was the thing holding me back from being close to God. I was like, hey, don't judge me. I'm only human. And that's keeping me from being close to God. But the more that I've gotten to know who Jesus Christ is, the more that I've discovered it's actually the opposite. God's deepest desire is that we would be truly human. The more human we become, the more like Jesus Christ we become. Our humanity is getting closer and closer to God's divinity. That's what it means to be human. And it's why when particularly heinous crimes occur, we call that dehumanizing. That's the whole point. It's less than human. It's not living up to the high calling of being truly human. Jesus Christ is calling us to be truly human. And the Bible word for a truly human person is a saint. And so, my dear sisters, brothers, and siblings, All Saints Sunday is the Sunday that reminds us that the story that goes like this, you are a self-made person. That's not really true, is it? I mean, we all, it's, I, I don't not get the allure. I really do. But that's not really how life works. I don't even know what bootstraps are, but from early on, I was told I had to like pull myself up by them. And I was told that if I worked hard enough and busted, um, uh, worked hard enough, uh, (laughs) then I'd make something out of my life. And the truth is the church tells us a better story. I'm not a self-made person. I'm really not a blank slate, and in love, neither are you. God is making us more human. And one of the primary ways that God makes us more human rather than less is through other people. That's why communities like this are so important. And we don't just throw a podcast out there for you to, like, listen to on your commute. This community, you all make me more human, not less. In, in human communities, we become more of what it is that God deeply wants for us. And it's not just through preaching and regular church things, it's through the community. God uses you and me to help make one another more recognizably saintly, more recognizably human. And today you and I get to recognize that we are not self-made people, but we recognize that God is making us through one another. Today is a day where we pause and thank God for all the people who have gone before us and made our lives possible. Maybe it's a teacher. Or a grandma. Or an aunt. Or a cousin. Or a friend a lover, a neighbor. I don't know who you have come thinking about today, but I know for sure that other people helped make your life what it is. And All Saints Sunday is a real gift from the church where we can pause and tell ourselves a more true story about the life we live. While we like to delude ourselves and tell ourselves that we're self-made people, the truth is God is making us through a whole bunch of other human people. And it gives us a chance to pause and be honest and tell the truth about that. And rather than be embarrassed about that, we can actually embrace that. And love the life that we have been given. I mean, that's basically my hope for you. At the end of your life, you don't regret the life that you had. It's one of the greatest gifts that you can live into. Is to just embrace and be grateful for the actual life you live. And not be thinking about other lives and alternate timelines and how it could have gone. But embracing the one that you're in. That God is making with you. But sometimes we try to run away from this. I mean, have you ever looked in the mirror and seen one of your parents and thought, Oh God, where did that come from? Surely not why I wear a beard. Have you ever tried to lose your accent or not tell people where where you grew up? Sometimes we try to run away from the things and the people that made us, but the truth is we're only trying to fool ourselves. God has used other people to make us who we are for good or for bad. And they too have the range of saint and sinner held in an opposable tension. So there's a vocation here for us, Holy Family. God is making you more human, not less. So lean into it. Pursue your deepest, truest humanity. God is inviting you to live a peculiar life where you no longer make choices as if you were simply a self-made solo, but in fact, you are pursuing true humanity and embracing all of the people that God has put in your life as gifts, saintly as they are and sinful as they are. And you find a way to find the beauty in both. Leading a truly human life on earth is in some ways an anticipation of heaven. People who live truly human lives on earth ask questions like, so what's going on in heaven? Is anybody hungry up there? No, I don't think so. Well, let's make sure that people that are in our spheres of influence here on earth don't go hungry. Are people lacking in heaven? No. Well, let's make sure our people don't lack here on earth. Are people thirsty in heaven? No. Well, let's make sure our people don't go thirsty here on earth. Are people lonely in heaven? No. Well, let's make sure our people here on earth know that they have never been alone either. You see how that works? Anticipate heaven right here on earth, which is exactly what Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Saints like you and me are not born, we are made. And in a few moments, we're going to gather around the waters of baptism and we are going to have a chance to reaffirm or perhaps for some of you anticipate your baptismal covenant. And it's a set of questions that, frankly, invite us into a more truly human way of life. Persevering in resisting evil, returning to God, proclaiming good news, seeking and serving all people, loving our neighbors as ourselves, striving for justice and peace among everyone, and respecting the dignity of every human being. That's what it means to live a saintly life. That's what it means to lead a truly, deeply human life. And so come with me into a moment of silence. And in this silence, take time to count your days and be grateful for the departed who have made your wonderful life what it is. And then we'll break the silence and get around the waters of baptism to reaffirm our baptismal covenant or anticipate it as we ponder all of the ways that God is inviting us into a truly human life.